0: welcome to lectionary mixtape i'm your co-host daniel eisenberg
1: and i'm your co-host ben siebert welcome to the day when we talk about the lovers the dreamers and me
0: ooh each week we talk about the texts and we read them first and then talk about them and then offer up a special musical offering related to those texts
1: This week for the uh, All Saints Day of Year A, we have uh, Revelation 7 verses 9 through 17, Psalm 34 verses 1 through 10 and verse 22, 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, and Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12.
0: It's time for Jazz Odyssey when we talk about the text in a free form way. Jazz Odyssey is the part of the show when we talk about the text in a free form way. So, what you got, Ben? What sort of themes or first impressions do you have about these texts for All Saints?
1: Well, I I think I have an admission and then I got some themes. The admission is it took me quite a while to dive into All Saints as I was doing this preparation. Um, my mind seems to recall this past year in huge separate segments where it's really it feels like a lot of dissonance for me to think about last November and where I am now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so that that's kind of a reality and and kind of the truth of it. Uh, the themes that. I hear coming out of this um, is both uh, the weight of expectation um, for God's people, it's still there, but also the wide, wide breadth of God's people. Um, the, the wideness of the saints is something that is astounding to me mm. um, in these texts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the Revelation text is pretty explicit in that, too. Just this mm-hmm. vision of heavenly worship and uh, the people from every tribe and nation worshiping the Lamb, um, yeah, definitely puts it pretty in your face about the breadth and width of the people of God
1: and when i when I hear the um, every nation, every tribe, and every people. Um, notion I also think about every division Mm -hmm. you know Um, so I'm not only thinking about the ways that we're separated by government Um, I am also thinking I am also thinking about the ways that we are separated or inside government or inside government or inside the same country inside the same place or city Um, we are Um, I think that is a big part of this revelation text for me as well I should also say that I'm kind of uncomfortable with it yeah why is that well I I don't like the which is not to say it's right or wrong (laughs) I'm trying to say my experience with it I don't like the the theology that says you know everybody just get along or just can't we just forget about it can't we not talk about it can we push it under the rug? Like, I don't think that's what God does. Um, though, in the in the text that we had for October 18th, God also doesn't jump up and down on Rome in a way that I wish God did. Um, but I, I don't like the theology that lets the, the evil and the wicked out from under the rock without any sense of justice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah... I mean, I feel like though, if we're looking at the revelation text, I think the the justice is there, you know, especially connecting to these are the people who went through the big ordeal, the great ordeal, and um, and so, and, and that is more than just the people who've gone through the great ordeal of death. These are people who have suffered in life. Um, in particular, these are people who were persecuted for their faith. Um, and suffered in many and various ways. And so there is this like, yeah, that's not the end for them. They're not worm food. You know, they are part of the people who are surrounding the throne of the Lamb. Like they get to witness this triumph of good over evil, of Christ's life over death and all of that good stuff. Um, I don't know. I think that's that's a good thing. Yeah, and the matthew reading too. i don't know like yeah. same thing of like i like the particularity of it like the the beatitudes where jesus isn't saying everyone is blessed because god loves everyone that's true absolutely that's true but mm-hmm. also jesus names specific people who are suffering he says blessed are you who mourn blessed are you who are meek. blessed are you who are poor in spirit like for you who are experiencing this, God has blessed you. Um, and I think that's very, I don't know, it's counter majority. It's counter what our experience is. I don't know that it
1: is counter majority. If I add up the poor in spirit, the those who mourn, the meek, the hungry, uh, and thirsty for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted, I got to... F- I got to imagine we're actually at the majority.
0: Yeah, but then, who is it now? I think it's Luke, so it's not Matthew, but Luke then swaps it with the woes. Mm -hmm. Woe to you who are Mm -hmm. rich, you've already received your due. Woe to you who laugh. Like, he sort of swaps it, and so it makes it the other way. It's a little bit more difficult with the Matthew reading, I guess, but um, I think it covers a lot of people, and I don't know. Yeah,
1: I hear you. Well, and the reason I pointed out isn't because I want to. I want to say we're all, you know, here. Like I, I, think there's people who, yeah, they might have a tough day, but like, this is, this is not for the ones who don't get their parking space, right? Mm-hmm. This is for the ones that suffer um, mm-hmm. regularly um, and without need to suffer. Um, The reason I point out that this is the majority, though, um, is to realize that quite often, um, our sense of who the majority is, Mm. is dictated by the story that the powerful tell. It's not dictated by who's actually in the majority.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot more people that are poor if we're using Luke's language or poor in spirit if we're using Matthew's. There are a lot of people more meek than powerful Um, and so Jesus is definitely talking to the majority here. Yeah.
1: Well, I think there's, there's meek that are never counted in a way that is very meek. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's peacemakers, uh, that are quiet in the way that they make peace. I think there's pure in heart that run from the places uh, that are often given the most face time, often given the most coverage. It's difficult in in Matthew and um, in Revelation, because I am tempted to try to identify who these people are, and I'm not sure that's where we're supposed to go. I think these are open doors for us to both find ourselves and mirrors for us to see differences um, between ourselves and the text
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I think like I don't think it would be I, you, you could go the, the deep historical move and say oh the great ordeal that was this persecution under this emperor and this is what it all means and blah 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 and like that may fly in an exegesis paper that might be great but for the homiletical moment, I mean, just the words, great ordeal, I think that evokes so many different things. And I think especially in 2020, we were talking about the difference between All Saints 2019 and All Saints 2020. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as of this recording, we've got 220,000 more saints that we are entrusting to the mercy and love of God than we did last year. Um, and in well, our nation. And we have civil
1: unrest along the lines of political um, discourse. We have civil unrest along the lines of uh, uh, racial justice. Mm-hmm. We have civil unrest along lines of the executive branch in various shapes. Um, we have civil unrest all over the place. Yeah. Um, where when we hear they've gone through a great ordeal, immediately what comes to our ears is, yeah, me too.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think that's okay, but to keep it, to to maintain the intensity of it. Like you said, it's not because I didn't get my parking spot. It's not because my taxes increased or they might increase or whatever it is. It's like, these are people whose lives and dignity was threatened or taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And they have been through the great ordeal. And I think it's okay to mention that if we're talking about racial justice or we're talking about people who have lost loved ones in the midst of COVID-19 or lost their jobs or had their homes taken away or repossessed. Like all of these different things, you'd be like, this is the great ordeal and it sucks. And... But pastor... Yes, yes, pastor. I thought this was supposed to be a day where
1: I could simply just mourn The way that I have lost family.
0: Ah, well, we can also talk about, and I don't know what your tradition is, but um, something I've introduced is to um, do something like lighting. I think what we did last year was we lit candles for folks who uh, have died in the past year and we rang a bell, like a little handbell, for people who were Mm -hmm. baptized in the past year. And it might be an opportunity to talk about that unity that we share with all the saints, alive and dead, um, here on earth and in the other side of the resurrection, and all that good stuff through our baptism. That that um, being baptized into Christ's death and resurrection is what binds us together. And there's a mission to that, like um, that struggle, that great ordeal of these saints from John of Patmos's time, almost two hundred years ago that there's still a great ordeal that is happening and anybody who's struggling, uh, even if it's not under Emperor Domitian or whatever, like they are still part of Christ's elect, part of Christ's redeemed.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I shouldn't let it hang like that. Yes. And um, I am increasingly mindful of the way the congregation simply needs space to mourn what it is going through Mm -hmm. um, in order to be able to comprehend and even think about the way that others are mourning too Um, a lot of times the reason we don't pick up uh, care for another person is because we have also not picked up care for ourselves not in any considerable way and I'd, I'd argue that we can even be selfish before we pick up care for ourselves you know um, we can think that we need to keep working. We can think that we don't need to have conversations. We can think that, you know, the world keeps on turning. We can neglect ourselves, and, <laughs> um, and still take a lot for ourselves. Yet the path to caring about others, caring about, uh, the world God made often goes through realizing that you're part of the world and that you're part of others. Um, and that, and that the things that the world's asking for, grace and compassion and listening, they're not luxuries to be put away. Mm-hmm. And they're not luxuries for us either. We're supposed to have grace for ourselves too. We're supposed to have mercy for ourselves too. We're supposed to have a listening ear for when we're crying out too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can be part of that unifying message that when we cry out for healing, when we are, if we're going to use the Beatitudes, you know, when we are mourning, uh, that one comes to mind very much. So I like, think it's just as true. That blessing that Jesus gives, it's just as true for you as it was to the people that he spoke to on that mountaintop 2000 years ago. Like, that promise is for all of us Mm -hmm. even you (laughs) um and i don't know I, i i hear that a lot and i i feel i need to give myself grace you know i think about how important it is to give other people grace and forgiveness and all of that and how do you cut yourself a little bit of slack and say look i don't have it all together but God's got me.
1: It's not slack. like, and, and I know what you're trying to say in the turn of words, but it's not slack. It's not allowance that you're giving yourself. And it's not allowance that we give each other. This is love that God pours out even in light of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not permission or a, a way of condoning bad behavior. It's love that happens no matter what the behavior is. And a love that helps transition us to good.
0: Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I was struck by the, the first John reading, um, kind of related to what you were saying, uh, the yeah. line about uh, that, you know, we are not only called, but we uh, are, we become children of God, and how we will be like Christ, that line And Mm -hmm. I typically think like, oh, physically, like this is what the resurrection is. Like we will not, we will rise from the dead. We will not experience death. And I think, yes, but also that means like we will also know what love is and know what forgiveness is and uh fully embrace the kingdom of god for ourselves and for the world and like what if that's what it means to be like christ um so yeah i think you're right not so much just like oh give myself some slack so i can do some bad stuff or um you know let myself off the hook or whatever but like it's about receiving that grace and love that is there that is grace that's unearned um that's just poured out yeah
1: yeah this isn't something that we've negotiated for ourselves or for one another this This is grace from God
0: mm-hmm. How is this different? How is all saints different this year
1: yeah I mentioned that at the beginning that it just feels different in the matter of time, but like it feels different in that we're mourning. I've never been a and I've only I've only been an ordained um, pastor in the ALCA for uh, 6 years. Um, I've not had a all saints where the th- the way that I'm mourning is yes, um, individuals and saints that have that now sit around God's table. I'm also just grieving very heavily the state of the world. Mhm. And I've never had it before where that is so distracting from the way that I want to grieve, that I need to grieve the saints that have died.
0: Mm-hmm. My guess is you're not alone in that. Um, I know that I'm feeling that too. And I suspect our, con- our respective congregations and many congregations <laughs> uh, feel that way as well. Um, and maybe it's okay to give voice to that. Like what we're hoping for, I don't know. Like I, I've thought of All Saints as being a celebration of the saints who've gone before us and the lessons that we've learned through God's work in them and the example that they've set, um, and also a time for lament and mourning their loss of uh, the loss of their lives and our lives, um, and also a hope that God's got them and God will get us too. Um and that's good, but I think I feel it too. I think there's another dimension too of just the state of the world. Um how are we going to get this through through all of this? gestures wildly uh, as a church, as a nation, as the world. Um and I think Honestly, I think it's okay to lift that up at All Saints. I don't think it's as much of a distraction if you can root it in what we're hoping. God is the one who is the caretaker of our, of our lives, and that goes for the church on earth and the church... On the other side of the resurrection, the church triumphant, if you want to use that language, like there is a unity in that love and care of God. <laughs>
1: I want to say more, but I don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, should we hop over to and turn it up to 11? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you know how sometimes when you're playing and you're already up to 10, all the way up, all the way up, all the way up, and where there's left to go? Nowhere. But this one, this goes to 11. So, what are you turning up to 11, Ben? What are you really leaning into this All Saints Day?
1: I'm really leaning into um, the way that sometimes we want God to be um, a tangible thing, a mountain or a rock or a tree, um, something that's steadfast and sure, uh, that doesn't blow away um, in a hurricane or in a tornado or in a storm of any kind. But God is a word. And in Matthew, um, what Jesus offers to the suffering ones and the little ones of the world isn't a fortress but a word and quite frankly like <laughs> i think a lot a lot of these uh people uh these populations uh that jesus blesses might prefer a, a fortress you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for the word do something real um but this is real Like, this blessing of the kingdom of God is as real as it gets. Because not only does this blessing come with a sense of, like, a superlative, but this is also God's way of lifting up high and to the center of focus the whole body of Christ. You know, every Mm -hmm. church on earth and all the hosts of heaven are meant to look at who is being blessed by God and to add to that blessing with all their heart,
0: soul, mind, and strength. Hmm. So you're saying that God is not a mighty fortress, for example? (laughs) Well, I'm not saying that God is not. I'm just
1: saying that um, in a time when, especially in a time in my life when I want things to be more concrete, more settled, um, God continues to be a word.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that that makes a lot of sense, especially um, you could even draw that John prologue stuff in the mix, that Jesus is the word incarnate, word made flesh. Um, Jesus is flesh and blood, God's promise to us. And that that's more powerful than Any powers and principalities, any army of heaven, hell, or earth, or any fortress. I like that. So
1: there's a few examples that have been floating through my mind lately. Um, One, I read a sermon by uh, Dr. Timothy Wingert um, a while ago, where he... He has this one line in the midst of the sermon and i'm sorry i forget the date of the sermon but it was a few months ago um, inside this time of covid where the church is armed with nothing um, but cloth masks uh, a general sense of six feet and soap um, <laughs> and uh, and to say you know how could we take on a pandemic um, with these small things but ever since then that that sparked something in me creatively where i've I've had so many stories throughout uh, scripture that have been showing up at the fight with something so small, you know? Mm-hmm. From David and Goliath um, to, to the, the preaching of Paul um, and Peter to, to Jesus showing up, not with anything more um, than a general request for people to share their food and feeding 5,000, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that mixed with um the one thing that i've always loved about um cross-country uniforms and track uniforms is like they're they're so un like un unspecial unspecified compared to the rest of the world of sports right like a football player has pads up to the nines or at least a golf player has like clubs um, of some kind like a runner has shoes (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like good luck bud um but then goes on to do do amazing things. I think that in a variety of different places, we show up um, to the moment of blessing, and as the body of Christ, not teeming with great experience, not teeming with great tools, not teeming with great abilities. We show up very meek and very mild, and through the grace of God, the world gets changed. Mm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Very theology of the crossy, ish.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, I kind of gave two, but what do you? <laughs> yeah. What are you cranking it up to eleven on yeah?
0: For me, it's kind of similar to the first thing that you said. Um, is particularly about those blessings that Jesus gives. The mm-hmm. fact that He just gives them. Yeah. Like that, always, it feels ridiculous. And it feels holy. The fact that he can look into the eyes of people that are hungry and who are poor and who are meek and who are struggling for peace and all of these things and just say, you are blessed. Hmm. And my reaction is, are you kidding me? Jesus don't feel super blessed when you know, your stomach is growling and, you know, you're not sure if you're going to be able to hold on to your home and, uh, you're mourning the death of a loved one and you're afraid for the future of your church and of your nation and of your family. How? Um, but the fact that it's Jesus who says it and makes this bold, absurd promise that you are blessed, um, because God loves you, that no matter what happens, there will be no separation from God. Um, I think that is incredibly powerful and can be a good thing to lean into, especially in All Saints Day. Like that's what binds us together as saints is we've all received these absurd, beautiful, holy promises of God. And by only from the work of the Holy Spirit we believe that they were true, that Jesus is going to make good on those promises. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kids bop? Should we bop it? Yeah, let's go for it. Hey, it's time for Kids Bop when we take your favorite hits and make them a little bit more kid friendly. So what you got for Kids Bop?
1: Well, in the same way um, that I think the voice of God is powerful, uh, I've also come to kind of appreciate the idea that one of the ways that we are made in the image of God is that we have powerful voices as well. Um, hmm. And so I I wanted to show, Um, and experience uh, with kids the wonderful, wonderful good that we can do in the world with our voices, um, and how we might be able to share that. And so I wanted to give the example of um, sharing with somebody a story, and and how people can really appreciate that. I wanna share with kids um, how sharing, how we feel about them can be good too. I appreciate what you've done or I like what you've done with family and with friends. I love you. Um, The different ways that we can really use our voices to do powerfully good things in the world. um, I think it's something that we can explore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And it could be a good, opportunity for kids to share, you know, how have you used your voice to create something good in the world? Yeah. Maybe you said sorry or thank you or encourage somebody or I don't know, that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. Uh for me, I'm I think what I'm gonna talk about is wiping tears. Mm. Um, I think especially at the end of that revelation reading that we have, where you've got this promise that, uh, God will wipe away their tears. Um, and, uh, a friend of mine pointed out that that is an incredibly intimate act. Like you can't do that from a distance and you can't do that. Like someone can't do that to you who you don't trust very, very much. Yeah. Um, And to talk about that, like, has anybody ever wiped your tears? And, you know, maybe you fell while you're riding your bike and it was your parent or grandparent or a teacher or um, the school nurse or whatever. But like, that's a real gift to help people and wipe away their tears and that God is with us. Uh, even if nobody else sees god sees our tears and you know wants to be with us until we feel better however long that takes
1: i like that especially the universality of the of the tears we all have mm-hmm. them
0: yeah yeah and it might be a good opportunity to um i think especially as as an adult man to Say, and I've cried and I cry when I'm sad or if I get hurt and it's okay to cry and know that, you know, people will be there other saints of God or God's very self to wipe away those tears. God will sit with you as long as it takes you to cry and help you wipe the tears when you're done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mixtape time. Let's do it. You know, Ben, that reminds me of a song. Nice. Would you like to go first or shall I? Uh, Go for it. Okay. So I chose a song... Uh, by Leanne LaHavis Le uh, who I've been listening to a lot lately just really good jams um, a song called Midnight hmm. and uh, I chose it because it talks, it's kind of a love song, it's kind of like, an, like I feel like an outcast kind of a theme uh, and also like I'm right on the edge of something new kind of a thing Um, So the chorus goes, people think I'm crazy. crazy. Lately, I'm living in midnight, just living in midnight. Uh, And if you think I'm crazy, pay it no mind. We're living in midnight, just living in midnight. Uh, One of the verses goes, open up and let me get to you, take you to the other side, come to my world. We're getting lost in another time, your hand in mine. Um, And it kind of goes on from there. And so I like it because it has that intimacy to it, which reminds me very much of the wiping tears with God's own, uh, hand, uh, I think is a really beautiful, powerful thing. Um, mm. and I like that midnight thing, you know, like you're between days, especially on this all saints, when we are talking about the, the church militant and the church triumphant, um, mm. and the saints who have been baptized and the saints who have died, um, all of those themes, like we're right there. Um, and, that's who we are as the Church. We live between the promises received at baptism and the promises that we're hoping will be cashed in, like in the Beatitudes that um, that Jesus promises to deliver uh, freedom from injustice, pain, suffering, and death.
1: I like that. I like the, like you said, the feet in both directions kind of mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. And the whole album is just great. Like top to bottom. Hmm. So nice. Yeah. How about you? What you got?
1: Well, I've kind of got two, um, one I picked because it's not super on the nose and the other one, I can't get out of my head. So I'm going to do them both. Um, the one that I picked, uh, that's not on the nose is Love Lead Me On by the Afters. I think I picked this maybe a year ago for something, Um, but it comes up every once in a while. Uh, The first verse is all right. It's not my favorite. I don't know that it's universal in any way, Um, but the chorus is interesting. uh, And the pre-chorus is interesting. There's a million different ways to go. Only God can know where I will call my home. Love Lead Me On where no one else has gone, faith keep me strong, and love lead me on." I like the idea of not really knowing what's going to happen next, uh, and just admitting that. Um, And and All Saints becoming a day not of, I will walk in the same path that my forefathers have walked, or my foremothers, or my foreparents, or whatever it is, have walked. But All Saints being a day where we pick up the same hope that people of faith had before us, which is that God will be with us even when we don't know where we are or we don't know where we're going. why I feel like All Saints gets really really fixed in on wasn't the past great Mm -hmm. (laughs) or weren't the people of the past great or something along those lines and this this feels like a forward looking way the second song um, that is stuck in my head is For All the Saints Um, (laughs) a a little ditty you may have heard it um, associated with All Saints Day from time to time uh the i think it's the fourth verse um and when the strife is fierce the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song and hearts are brave again and arms are strong hallelujah Mm -hmm. um that has always been my favorite verse can
0: you say that one more time
1: that has always been my favorite verse
0: Uh, no the the actual verse (laughs) oh okay yeah um (laughs)
1: <laughs> and when the strife is fierce mm-hmm. and the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song and hearts are brave again and arms are strong hmm. hallelujah yeah that's good it seems out to me this year I think because this is the first year that the strife has seemed like more than a moment or more than a week or more than a month um, which speaks to my life of um, privilege. And if you don't like the word privilege, it speaks to my life of not being unbearably hard. Um, It also speaks to the way that I think many people like me understand the world shouldn't be hard for a very long time. I think this is good and right if we remember that there are so many people in the world where life is hard mm-hmm. where strife is fierce and warfare long their whole lives long um, and so shouldn't they get hope too on this day if any um, and so I, I that that verse is sounding different to me this year
0: yeah yeah that's powerful I like that it widens our scope yeah Well. Well that's gonna do it for us over here at Lectionary Mixtape. Join us next week as we get back into the season after Pentecost twenty three, I think. Twenty three or twenty four? One of the two. Something.
1: <laughs> It'll be something, yeah. No, no, no. Isn't it twenty seven?
0: i don't know man no
1: it's the week after Pen- never mind i get the propers and the weeks after Pen- the Cosmic, but mm, eh,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it'll be something we'll read it we're on the home stretch coming down into um the reign of christ
0: sunday oh yeah yeah well join us then whatever it is all right thanks for being with us looking forward to next week take bye. care bye